Vasha and I would like to acknowledge that we are on Aboriginal land, the land of the Garinga and the Darug people. Sovereignty was never ceded and this always was and always will be Aboriginal land. God, we need a new theme song. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Not To Be Controversial, your favorite brown girl podcast. I mean, who else? Obviously. I am Basha, and I am here with Tiara. Do you want to say hello? Yay! Hey, guys. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, PSA, there is backburning in our area, like in our LGA. It's killing me right now. I can't stop coughing. So if I sound dead, you know, there's smoke. <laughs> there's smoke encompassing this entire apartment complex. Sorry. I was just telling Tiara that I could fall asleep right now because I'm just completely knackered today. I don't know why. I went and actually Tiara and I saw each other today, which was completely surreal. Like, it was it was unbelievable that, like, two humans can actually be in flesh I don't, that probably sounds horrible but like just seeing each other in person was completely crazy and I think I poked you multiple times because I just didn't believe <laughs> that we were together and I really missed you so that was really oh weird God. that was so really weird that I saw you we got like a cute little lunch from a cute little cafe went to a park sat we're in 5k's also so yeah mm. <laughs> please don't we're in 5k's us. we're in the same LGA please don't please don't yell at me please don't yell at us yeah don't yell at me. <laughs> Don't brown auntie me. Um. Yeah, please. So today's episode is all about happiness, whether happiness is a real thing, whether you can actually be happy, whether we should strive for happiness, all that good That's shit. That's so deep. <laughs> so really deep stuff, obviously. But before we get into any of that, I do want to start with our check-in. So how are you doing? And most importantly, I guess for this episode, are you happy right now? Are you happy right now? And I want you to remember your answer. So it's a yes or no answer, no in-betweens, just a yes or no answer. And I want you to ask yourself that at the end of the episode. Are you happy? And has that changed? Does it show us that maybe happiness is just temporary? Now, how are you doing, Tiara? I'm doing fine. I'm also, um, I'm really, ha- okay, this is going to sound, sound a bit, eh, but I'm very happy that we're doing this episode. I think it's really relevant, especially since our Sydney siders and our Melbourne friends have been in lockdown for so, so long, especially Melbourne people. And the topic of happiness and the emotion of happiness is often absent or longed after when we're confined to such a small space and we aren't able to see the people we love and do the things we'd normally do and just perform the routine that we're accustomed to so I'm very happy because it's a very relevant topic and it's something that Vasha and I have talked about so when we plan out our episodes and when we have normal conversations just not even talking about the podcast we tend to circle around the topic of happiness and is it even real and she was like this is a great podcast topic And I was like, hmm, yeah, I agree. (laughs) What about you, Vasha? How are you? 
Um, I'm pretty good. Like I said, I'm just a bit tired right now. I have no idea. Maybe it's because I'm on my period or something. I'm not sure. Or maybe my social battery is drained. That might be it. Literally just going out and seeing one person. Yeah, one session with me has a drained social battery. (laughs) Yeah, I can't do this podcast anymore. We need to stop. Yeah, bye. No, it's it's not that. (laughs) It's, I think it's just like, I'm not used to like, I haven't been on a train in ages, so I was, like, very anxious about that. And my mind was like, oh, my God, I'm going to have to commute again. So I think I just had a little bit of an anxiety spiral moment. But it was so, so lovely seeing Tiara. She definitely re-energized me. But I think I'm just a bit exhausted today. But I'm pretty happy, to be quite honest. But um, on our poll, on our, sorry... (laughs) <laughs> on our story we asked you whether you are happy and 68 percent of you said yes and 32 percent of you said no i'm really shocked by 68 percent of people saying they're happy are you i was surprised by this too initially but thinking about it there's a lot of anticipation lockdown is ending things are starting to open um sweet nothings are being whispered into our ear by dom perite it's I I get why they're happy or maybe there's something that's completely different happening in their lives but I kind of I got it yeah I understood it I expected it to be the other way around I thought 32% of people would say that they're happy and 68% would say that they're not maybe I'm just a real pessimist but yeah I mean I'm happy that you're happy but what even is happiness so do you mind if I go on a little bit of a story time here yeah go 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 Okay, go, go, go. I love it. (laughs) So last year, we were obviously in a lockdown. I don't need to say that. But it was a very reflective time for me. And it was a time where I realized that I had a lot to work on with my mental health. So I started doing that, which was really great. And I'm super proud that I took those steps then. But what I was also doing simultaneously was Instead of trying to acknowledge the variety of emotions that I feel, I was just telling myself to be happy, be happy, be happy. And it was to the point where I wasn't able to process other emotions. Or maybe it wasn't that I wasn't able to process them. It was more that I had figured out such a great way to avoid them. So when all of a sudden all these emotions started coming up again, and I was like, oh, there's other things that I feel, and there's things that I have to deal with I found it really difficult to take it in stride and be like I'm going to work through these emotions because I just spent such a long time telling myself to be happy 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 what that made me realize is that I need to strive for contentment for me contentment is a lot more stable it means that when I'm feeling sad or anxious or angry whatever other emotions I'm able to feel content overall and I think that's something that's really important to me and I feel like we don't talk enough about contentment because we're always so focused on being happy and happiness is just very momentary. It was a really big learning lesson and I'm super proud that I learned it and it's such a privilege and I feel so lucky to feel content. But yeah, what do you think, Kiara? I think you're correct. I think... There's a difference between being happy and being content because when it comes to mainstream media and sort of their communication of motivation, the end goal is always to be happy. And when it comes to children as well, like young children, they always say, be happy. It's okay. There's nothing to worry about. 
But why can't we just wallow in whatever emotion we feel other than sadness? This sounds shitty of me to say, but happiness is often temporary. And happiness is a great feeling, but you don't always need to use it to mask other emotions or to act as a facade. I think even when we're younger, there's this constant need to be happy. Like when you're little and you're in school or whatever, you're hearing the songs, if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands. And it's like, what if I'm not happy? You're suddenly excluded. You're left behind. You're not clapping your hands. You're not making that noise. What are you? No one's addressing you because everyone else who is happy is clapping their hands and they're And the noise that they're making with their hands is much louder than your silence. And I think that's a really important point in the way that we frame happiness. And I think it's just so important to acknowledge the other emotions. Like, there's no song about being sad and clapping your hands. It's like, turn that frown upside down. Don't be sad because being sad is bad. And it's almost like... It's kind of like we, we just associate sadness with everything negative. And obviously sadness isn't a positive emotion, but you need to feel these other things to also understand what happiness is. And I know that's a very cliche thing to say, but there's also this idea that when you have 2.5 children, when you're married at 28 and your husband is in, I don't know, whatever top job and you have a car or maybe two cars and you have a dog, then you're going to be happy. But the reality is your husband's probably cheating on you. You're probably worried about one of your kids failing school. Your car has just broken down and your dog is sick. And like, okay, so you've just worked your way through all of that and you've told yourself that you're gonna be happy. And maybe you will feel happiness. Maybe you'll feel happiness when your kids are born, whatever that may be. But at the end of the day, you're also going to be stressed as fuck. Like, that's just the reality of it. So maybe you'll feel content. Maybe having all those things will make you feel content in some way. But it's certainly not happiness because it's not everlasting happiness. You're going to feel frustrated and you're going to feel all these other emotions that I think it's absolutely ridiculous that We expect ourselves to feel constant happiness by having these really materialistic things almost. And that's the thing. We talk about happiness as if it's dependent on other things. And this is why I want to talk about the topic of people pleasing. In simple terms, people pleasing equates to saying yes to absolutely fucking everything when inside we're saying, no, God, please don't. It's habitually prioritizing others over ourselves, disintegrating our personal boundaries, bypassing our integrity, and would you believe it, that your people-pleasing makes you act disingenuously. Not all of you, but most of the time. Take it from a fellow people-pleaser, or someone with a very bad case of diagnosed anxiety. There are perils to the act of people-pleasing. If you're listening to this and you're thinking, okay, sure, I'm not a people-pleaser. Funny that you think that, because... I'm going to give a list of a few features of a people pleaser and you, me and Varsha will do it together and we can identify whether we're a people pleaser. Put a finger down. And if we <laughs> put a finger down, no. but if you get more than five, you're a people pleaser and all three of us can do it together if that's cool. So number one, you struggle to say yeah. no. 
Number two, you find it hard to be assertive and voice your opinions. Three, you're scared of negative emotions. Yeah, same. Four, you have poor, poor, poor personal boundaries. Oh, I think I'm okay, actually. I feel like that's something I've had to work. Oh, actually, you know what? There's shit. What am I talking about? You tend to put others' interests before yourself. Mm, Maybe. You extensively seek approval from other people, whether this be friends or family or work colleagues. You love and seek external approval from other people. I don't think as much, especially after high school, because I think it showed me that I really had to work on that. You have a desire to be liked or be personable to every single Tom, Dick and Harry you come across. Yes. (laughs) And finally, you can't take criticism. I can take constructive criticism. But I'm initially very salty, like salty as fuck. And then after an hour or so, once I digest it, I can take it in and be like, oh, it was actually really helpful. So I think I'm getting better at it, but definitely do still struggle from time to time. But I really also appreciate constructive criticism. What about you? I think so. I don't know if you, Vasha, or the lovely people listening, I don't know if you utilize the put a finger down method, but I definitely of the options that I gave, I put like five fingers down. And yes, I am a people pleaser. I'm a people pleaser within people that I love, if that makes sense. Like it's a terrible thing in retrospect because the issue with that is then, and if you're sitting there thinking, yeah, I'm people pleaser, what of it? I'm sorry, you're never truly going to be happy because your happiness and the need for other people's approval is just going to be a gaping hole in your soul and that can't always be filled you may always say yes but you can't always help people or you can't always be there to pick up a friend or you can't always answer the phone or you can't always go to the shops and pick up a bottle of milk that's not realistic in fact it's good to be helpful i would break my i would give a kidney to like this is a lot i would give one of my functioning kidneys to I'd say about, yeah, to you. I'd give it to about 15 people in my life. And when I was younger, that was just me thinking, I'm selfless and I love the people that I love. I have boundaries, but I love the people that I love and I'd do anything for them. But then that begs the question, all of that happiness, all of, or lack thereof, why can't you do it for yourself? Why can't you take a moment for yourself, whether it's taking a bath, reading a book, binge watching your favorite TV show? Why can't all of that people pleasing be done for yourself? And that's why I think people pleasers or extensive people pleasers will never truly be happy because they're so reliant on other people's approval and they get so tired so easily that their happiness, not only is it temporary like everyone's happiness, but it's sensitive and it could disintegrate at any moment because you're constantly scared of hurting people or of negative emotions and you can't voice your opinions because you're too scared you'll offend someone and you can't say no because you're scared you'll offend someone or you don't have boundaries, hence you're slowly chipping yourself away. And I think that's why people-pleasing is a massive issue. I think we're conditioned to feel that way though, right? Like, we have unpaid internships, we have so many opportunities in this world where 
or supposed to people please. I think people pleasing is either this trajectory, it feels very American dream-esque where you people please, people please, people please, and then one day you get to the stage where you're the CEO of your company, where you're the manager and suddenly you don't have to people please anymore, instead people are pleasing you. So I think we really put ourselves in this cycle and I also think people pleasing can come from a place of overcompensation. So what I mean by this is when I was younger, I always thought I was the most selfish person in the world. Like I genuinely thought I was just so horrible. And I used to think that if I people please, then I will make others happy and therefore I will somehow make myself happy. I think it was almost this idea of other people's happiness is more important than mine, which I now know not to be true because you're told that, you know, you're you're told that, oh, if you give someone a gift and they're happy, that makes you happy. And yeah, of course, that gives me joy when I see someone opening a present that I've tried to find and, you know, I've worked hard for and they love it. That does make me happy, but constantly trying to people please others never does. Because at the end of the day, you're sacrificing so much of yourself in order to climb to the top, in order to overcompensate for your own internalized ideas of selfishness so it's it's quite difficult to get over I think and I hate to make a generalization but this is especially a thing in brown kids think about it think about it a lot of the times brown kids tend to choose the career path that their parents favor because there's so much weighing on it and they just want to make their parents proud. I know I feel that way. I know my cousins felt that way and my fellow Desi friends felt that way. I think for a lot of us it starts at a young age, like many things it does, it starts at a younger age and it can manifest in our relationships and how we approach things. So I think it starts from a young age. And I think people-pleasing is particularized towards women as well because we're always told to be less assertive. We're always told to be kind, be ladylike, make others happy, essentially. And by not speaking up, by staying quiet, by being submissive, we are people-pleasing. And we're told to do that. And even when you think you're not doing it for the sake of anyone else and you're just doing things like wearing makeup or dressing a certain way to make you happy, the next thing you know, you're still on the phone with your boyfriend or you're on FaceTime and you're saying, oh my God, like I have no makeup on right now and I'm like in the worst clothes ever. I look so shitty, I'm sorry. Like I I'm sure we do all apologize once in a while to our female friends, but I think it's, I think there's this need for validation from men and I think there's this, inherent and an almost instinctive need to please men it's we constantly want their approval most of our bosses are probably men and we want their approval I find that even with like family members I probably want the validation from male family members rather than female family members and I think we're just constantly on the go of people pleasing and I feel like female family members want the approval of their male counterparts or other male family members as well. Um, I think it's a lot more common to want your brother's approval rather than your sister's approval. And I think it just goes to show that it really is a performance for women 
to constantly people please and that performance kind of becomes part of our everyday that we don't even recognize I think you were right when you said that women are more concerned with people pleasing because once again patriarchal world women have to work 10 times harder for everything and again massive generalization but there is no one more pedantic more attentive and more over considerate than the female the young female of a brown household why because we're conditioned into it we're conditioned into helping auntie set up the table which is all good things but we're conditioned to doing things right and we're conditioned to performing so many small tasks that they build up as we get older and we feel the need in our workplaces and in our relationships to people please i think you're right and i really like that point about how we're kind of conditioned to do this and you're in the kitchen you're helping all the aunties family friends have come over there's usually like a husband and a wife and maybe their son or whatever and the wives will come into the kitchen they will help cook they will do everything even though they're technically the guests as well but the men and even like the the man of the house the guy who's not the guest they'll all be sitting on the couch you know kind of man spreading and you will go and serve them they're just like oh thank you i could have gotten it myself and i'm like yeah well then get your ass in the kitchen and get it yourself but that would never happen and it's also that idea of like if a boy comes over to the kitchen and he's helping it's like wow did you see how helpful he was you should marry him and it's like god forbid he do the bare minimum that the rest of the women in this house are doing we're all slaving away in the kitchen but apparently it's the women's time to talk and to gossip but at the end of the day we're just pleasing a bunch of men and then on top of that, the men are over there in the little corner talking about how their wives don't know how to use fucking technology and they just sit there and gossip on the phone all day. But we're slaving away for you. It's so incredibly frustrating. Also, I'm so sorry if I just sound like a cynical bitch this entire episode. I think I'm just tired and this is making me mad. But yeah, I just, I hate that whole performance for the male gaze i honestly could have kept listening to you because it was taking me back to my childhood where um a a male cousin will skip one of their friends parties and the girls who are at every single family party regardless are completely bypassed because rahul skipped his mate aiden's birthday party and came to a family party Oh well. Anyway, so I would like to talk about people-pleasing and the facade of happiness and how it damages relationships, whether it's a platonic relationship, a romantic relationship, or your best friend. I'm here to tell you that too much people-pleasing will and has fucked relationships up. Here are some issues when it comes to people-pleasing and, ha- and the facade of happiness in relationships. Number one, often the giving and taking aspect is way too disproportionate to manage a good relationship. It always lacks a reciprocal aspect and sometimes you can't just keep on giving and giving and giving and not get anything in return. There's no use and I feel like that's something that you learn when it comes to a relationship being a people pleaser. 
you're so tempted and you find it so easy to just drop all of your shit to help other people that sometimes you forget that, hey, this is my mate too. I haven't asked him or her for anything, but I don't get anything in return, whether it's a, hey, how are you? Or a, do you want to catch up soon? Or I remember you did that for me. Um, Is there anything you need me to do for you? Of course, relationships are not conditional and you're not obliged to do anything. But when it comes to giving and taking, you expect that it's equal. So if you're analyzing your relationships in the topic of happiness and people pleasing, ask yourself, is this reciprocal or am I giving too much or am I not doing enough? Number two, do you have an inherent need to put their happiness before yours? If the answer to that is yes, you've just costed all of your own thoughts, your emotions, your desires, your likes, your dislikes, your preferences, your goals and your dreams because you're too selfless. This is just, sorry, you're too selfless. You're just being too selfless at this point. There is no point, and this is going to sound a bit aggressive, but there is no point in being that selfless. You do not need to put everyone else, oh, you don't need to put this one person before you. Of course, you can do things for them, but being too selfless will often get you shot in the knee. And that sounds bad, but it's true. Remember to put yourself first as well. Number three, you start feeling like you're not living the life that you want to live. Ever felt like you're living for a relationship or the relationship in your life tends to trump everything else? That's a warning sign that you probably, A, need to detach just a little bit and look at everything else in your life or just just fucking leave, just fucking get out of that relationship. Because once you feel like your partner is the reason for your breathing, is the everything, everything, everything in your life, you've just shot yourself in the knee. Because what if they leave? What if something bad happens? Of course, there are a few exceptions in my opinion, But your partner should not be your living, breathing reason to life, you know? I think those tips are so great. But I have one question. So if you're a bit of an overthinker like myself, I find it really hard to know when you're doing enough. Because in the past month or so, I've been forgetting birthdays left and right, which is so unlike me. Like, I'm one of those people who will remember your birthday if I met you in like year seven and you told me your birthday, I'll probably remember it. I'm just a bit of a creep like that sometimes. But lately I find that I have been forgetting important things like that a lot. Or even if I'm hanging out with someone, I will come back and be like, oh my God, maybe I should have said this. Maybe I didn't help enough. Maybe I should have said that. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. And you kind of just get into that spiral. So I always find that it's important to kind of put yourself in the other person's shoes and be like, if I was them, would I actually be mad about that? Would I actually feel hurt or anything? And also just thinking that your friend also probably has similar feelings sometimes. I feel like it's such a shared experience now, the idea of overthinking and just being in that spiral and staying up till 2 a.m., having your brain going on and on with thoughts. What do you think, Tiara? 
Oh, I don't like to place myself as the king or whatever queen of overthinking, but I am. I've gone to my friends when they haven't talked to me. Well, yeah, old me has gone to my friends after they haven't talked to me for like two weeks. And I'm like, do you hate me? And they're like, no, I've just been busy. Or I'll talk to um, my best friend and I'll be like, I said something before. I said something like two weeks. Oh, a legitimate thing that happened. I went up to him and I was like, hey, I said something two weeks ago. Did that offend you? And he was like, what the fuck? Like, what was it? And I was just like, it was this. And he was like, Tiara, I didn't even think of that. So as someone who was an overthinker, I think that the main thing here is to really rack your brain. And two things. Number one, your brain spirals into irrationality very easily, especially if you have underlying mental health issues or if you've been affected by a sort of trauma, your brain tends to run and run on electricity crazy. And sometimes you think up the craziest scenarios and craziest situations and hyperbolize it. I think the solution to this is not going on your phone and taking the time for yourself to think rationally because I know I get random bursts of, holy fuck, does this chick hate me? And majority of the time, actually all of the time, because my friends are awesome, it's not true. It's just my brain being irrational. So I think, of course, take your time, distance yourself from technology and allow yourself to think rationally and freely. Listen to music, journal. Journaling really helps. Paper helps a lot, babies, I promise. And generally, free your brain space because this will help you think rationally. Number two, and this can work in conjunction with number one, but transparency and communication. Transparency and communication. This allows relationships to mature faster. And the openness, and depending on how open your relationship is and how easy it is to talk to each other, you can avoid misunderstandings and cool down your brain in that process. You don't want to fuel unnecessary tension and you don't want to create issues that aren't there. So I honestly think that taking time to process your thoughts and tell yourself that they're untrue and transparency and communicating with each other is the way. And on the poll, we asked you, do you have trouble saying no? 76% of you said yes and 24% of you said no. I was looking through to see who voted and... I was trying to see whether more males said no, but I think it was actually mixed. Yeah, there just be there seems to be a pretty it's quite good mixed, mix, which we love to see. We love to see it. We also asked you guys about happiness. Oh my god, fuck! Of course, that's the topic of the episode. Sorry. We asked you guys what is something you would tell your younger self about happiness, and I really liked this question. Because as we grow up, there are certain things when we think back retrospectively, we're like, hmm, this could have been different or I've come a long way or I can do better next time. And some of these answers are really, they really hit close to home. So what is something you would tell your younger self about happiness? Someone said, your happiness should never rely on the happiness of other people true this is where people pleasing comes in another person said it doesn't come free of effort okay i don't know how i feel about this one people are gonna be like shut up Varsha. i don't want to hear you talk about capitalism ever again but i think it's a very capitalist idea to be like slave 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 and one day you'll be happy i just think 
you know, we're, we're constantly putting ourselves as these producers who need to produce something and only then shall we ever be happy. And I think happiness should be something that can also come out of things that don't need a lot of effort. Like, I think you should be able to find happiness in the everyday almost, rather than having to produce something to get it. I think, mm, I think it, I think, I kind of disagree because you have, you put effort into relationships, you put effort into the work you produce. And when there is a positive outcome, you get really happy. Or if you make, for example, when I make dinner and it comes and it comes out great, I'm like, I did a great job. But maybe that is capitalist of me. I feel like the idea of having to put effort just puts us all as producers. Like you need to produce something to be happy. And like, I guess happiness is probably something that does come from the external. But... I think at the end of the day, you should be able to find happiness in things that you're not producing. Does that make any sense? Mm. One of the responses that I guess goes to what I'm saying a little bit more is, it's not an end goal that you will miraculously reach one day. Moods change day to day, and it's finding comfort in that that will allow you to find an overarching sense of happiness. And also the more pressure you put on yourself to be happy all of the time will make it harder to actually be happy. I think that's exactly what I think. The more you try and try and try to be happy, and the more you try to produce and labor away, it's harder to reach that because you're sacrificing so much of yourself. Mm, Yeah. In response to that, this is one that I really agree with. Not to be depressive, but realistically, happiness is always temporary. I agree with this. What about you? Totally agree. Also, another person said, happiness is within, not in the aesthetics or the material or the accomplishments. So, yeah, I think happiness or, well, I think a better word for this may be joy. I was watching this Indian YouTuber the other day. I don't even know who it was, but she was going through like 20 lessons I learned at 20. And she was like, I want to feel joy more and pleasure less, I guess. So pleasure comes from the external while joy comes within. And I thought that was a really interesting idea. Mm, Yeah, that's really interesting. On that note, we also asked you guys, where does your happiness stem from? So where is your happiness located? What is it derived from? Where do you find it? Someone said, happiness stems from my ability to be content with the past and the present and plan for the future. (laughs) Sorry, someone said Tiara's mom. Someone said Tiara's mom. Oh, Tiara's you know mom what? makes me happy. We love it. I love your Fair mom, enough. Tiara. Namali brings joy to everyone. And Namali, Namali made oh, me and I bring you joy. So, you know, you know, you know. Oh. I'm talking about the person <laughs> that said this. So it makes sense. Um, but another person said, myself, in the least egotistical way possible. No, girl, go off. Go off. You... Like, agree. No, go off. Go off. I want you to be exactly. happy. You, you be happy. happy. You make yourself happy. You strive. You prosper. Like, this is... I I love it when people are just so open and are just like, you know what? No, I love myself. Bitch, I love you too. I, I, I Actually, I love you more, you know? A lot of them are actually based on external validation, which I don't know if I love. Like, one of them is making others happy, being acknowledged and appreciated, creating things. What is, someone said external validation. <laughs> like, I understand another person said validation as well. Like, everyone's saying validation here. Or not everyone. Some people also said nature and laughter, which I think is so beautiful. 
a significant amount of people yeah. said external validation though and a lot of people said their boyfriend their relationships their family pro- productivity which in my opinion is all a lot of it is external yeah. one person said peace over happiness and i totally agree mm, same um, one of my favorite ones so here is family and showing up as my true authentic self every day. That I is beautiful. beautiful. Tiara, my happiness comes from. Oh, this is gonna sound so. <laughs> my happiness comes from my nieces. My I'm a very big family person. If you guys couldn't tell, I literally name drop them every episode. But I love my family. I think I was very blessed with the people I have in my life. So a lot of my happiness does come from them. It comes from the work I do and it comes from improving myself, whether that be eating better or just not caring what other, you know, negative things people say about me. I don't know. But it, it or, but in addition to that, it also is very easy to make me anxious and it's very easy for me to get pissed. Like there was something like Vasha probably had to oh, console <laughs> me about this one not even my minute occurrence that happened a day or two ago and it was and it wasn't that bad but I remember messaging her like what the fuck is this and she was like bitch it's fine like like okay you can attest to this but how irrational do I get when something like this happens but like when either of us are anxious we both become really irrational people and, you know, Tiara will have to kind of knock me out of it and be like, Fosha, just step out of the situation and just like take a step back and stop stressing out. And you're telling yourself, ignore it, ignore it, ignore it, forget about it. But your anxiety is right there telling you to immerse yourself in the situation and it doesn't let you distract yourself either. And I also wanted to ask you, if you had to tell your younger self something about happiness, what would you say? Mm. What would I tell my younger self about happiness? Don't strive for it. Just because your parents tell you that the end goal is to be happy doesn't mean you have to ignore your other emotions or how you feel in present. And never, ever, 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 ever let yourself believe you're happy or trick yourself into thinking you're happy because you're just going to fall flat on your ass, on your already flat what do you ass. Mean by that? So one thing that happened a lot when I was younger is a lot of negative emotions tended to be pushed to the side or bottled up and they were concealed with Maccas or episodes of Arthur or talking about other things that make mm. you happy. And if I have a kid, I will teach them that to acknowledge their emotions not saying that mine was suppressed but that is the knee-jerk reaction when your kid's upset obviously just be happy like it's okay darling it's okay but it that's not realistically the world will hurt you the world will teach you pain the world will teach you happiness people will teach you pain people will teach you happiness it's not realistic to just push negative emotions aside so that is something I would tell my younger self to truly feel their emotions and not conceal them with other things because you'll fall flat on your already flat ass what about you what would you tell your younger self I think I would say a similar thing I would tell myself to strive for contentment rather than happiness because like I've already said heaps of times 
happiness for me is just another emotion with my obviously noble opinion which is very scientific for me at least happiness is an emotion and i want to be able to feel anxiety and sadness and anger and excitement and surprise and all of those other things while still feeling content rather than repressing those emotions and forcing myself to be happy because i don't think i could ever truly be happy if it's a forced thing should we wrap it up there yeah Hey guys, it's Tiara. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of N2BC. Not to be controversial, it is, drumroll, the last episode of this season. And we just wanted to say thank you because we didn't expect anyone to listen to our pod. We didn't expect all the positive feedback. We didn't expect the amount of listeners like it's just it's crazy it's insane and we're really really grateful and we love it and next season is gonna just come back bigger and better so thank you guys so much any parting words Vasha? yes of course so firstly a massive massive thank you on my end as well tiara and i are so appreciative of every single one of you who've listened who've dm'd who've just engaged with us in any way it's really it's such a great feeling to create a little community. I know everyone fucking says that, but it just makes me so happy. And yeah, I also wanted to note that we will be gone for two weeks. We just want to give you time to catch up on all of our episodes. And we also need to take a little bit of time out because this is something that we both love. But I think constantly doing it will obviously burn us out. So yeah. If you have any suggestions or anything like that that you'd want us to cover, maybe a part two on a certain episode, feel free to hit us up, slide into our DMs. And yeah, we will see you shortly. Enjoy your two weeks. Remember, just don't try and force happiness. And I want you to think about that now as well. How are you feeling? Are you happy? Are you another emotion? Because remember, happiness is just an emotion, I think. So yeah. So much love for you all, and we will catch you very soon. Woo, bye guys.